an unknown reaction called bari bi bariogenesis sure violated the conservation of <laughs> baryon number whoa whoa dude yep. is this how barry manilow got created <laughs> leading to a very small excess of quarks maybe <laughs> Trigger warning, I feel like he's made of a small excess of quirks. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bill, but a wiki. Welcome to We Should Know Better, so podcast dirty. where we hitchhike through Wikipedia <laughs> until the end of days. I am Whoa. your final survivor, Tim, and with me are the ghostly hitchhikers. Uh, I am Kyle. Sky. All right. Uh, if you have not heard us We've before, already done very, Lovecraft. So very real. <laughs> very nice atmosphere there, Kyle. Thank you. I do what I can. Uh, if you have not uh, listened to our podcast before, what we do here is we go from one page on wikipedia and using the links therein hop from page to page to reach a goal page and today i have chosen for sky and kyle uh bill nye the science guy oh cool um stalwart uh 90s kids uh science person turned (laughs) uh, advocate for climate change and other important scientific matters to armageddon not the movie (laughs) actual armageddon oh i was hoping it was the movie (laughs) No, <laughs> I don't think Armageddon, um, the movie, no, don't does you... very well science-wise. Wait. <laughs> well, I mean... So, are we at Bill Nye or Bill Nye the Science Guy? Bill Nye the Science Guy, thank you. There is a distinction. Oh, okay. Bill okay. Nye the Science Guy, the show. Oh, okay, because I had actually just typed Bill Nye. Good to know. Uh, so, to decide who goes first tonight, we usually run a little contest. Uh, tonight, uh, I thought back fondly to... Uh, Bill and I, the science guy, the show. Uh, did you guys watch it? Oh yeah, uh, yes. yeah. I watched it. Was it, you was, it, it. was it during your time, Sky? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, you remember you like I was watching Beekman's World, and you're basically like, dude, this there's is a better dumb. way. <laughs> you're gonna yeah, grow that, up. Now. I remember. I remember the science guy wars. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, but every episode of Bill and I, the science guy, closed with something they called a soundtrack of science. Hmm. which is they basically took a popular uh, musical number, uh, usually some popular song of the time, and rewrite the lyrics Weird Al style to reflect the subject of the day's show. For example, if uh, the subject of the show was the brain, the soundtrack of science was uh, Mighty Good Brain, uh, which was a parody of (laughs) Mighty Good Man. You know, what a man, what a man. I, know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got it. I know you hold off just to make me sing. So of course I do. we, yes, that is exactly what we did. <laughs> uh, so what I would like you guys to do tonight oh, is no. come up <laughs> with a soundtrack of science uh, for an end of world event. Oh It my can gosh. be Armageddon. It can be nuclear war, climate change, fan favorite Cthulhu, whatever mm. you'd like. And I will judge impartially. Which one is better? Uh, jeez. Well, I mean, the easiest one, and I, I'm just oh, wait. going to... Yeah, yeah, just a second. You cannot use REMs. It's the end of the world as we know it. Dang it! <laughs> yep. 
That ends that. Dang it, Tim. It's too easy, Kyle. Oh, I got to back up. Uh, well, I, I realize that it is not entirely going to be a one-to-one anal- uh, yeah, analog, but uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Adele's uh, fire. What is it? Set fire to the rain? Yes, that one. That is an end of world event. So I'm going with that song. You, you have your, to. What's the riff? You, you have it? to shift it. You have to riff on it. You I can't just say to. "set fire to the rain." You can't give the exact lyrics. That is exactly what's happening. I don't care. That's an end of the world event. That's what I'm going with. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could you could make it like God set fire to the rain. I guess if you sure. Yes, I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. That works. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <Steph. laughs> This is a great contest, guys. Can I give you a name and then you can do it for me? <laughs> can I give you a song title? <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> Any song title, a song. I mean, like, what about, like, Rapture? Oh, wow. Like, it's just Rapture. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like rap, but it's Rapture. Yeah. So it's, it's rap for... Rap, wait... Hold Rapture's on. delight. There you go. Boom. Wow. Our lives. That was worth it, guy. <laughs> but I don't know if that counts because that's already a parody that everyone us. No, rapper rapper's delight is an actual song. I know, but it's already been parodied. <laughs> no, well, well, yeah, but that's okay. It has been parodied the way that you did it. Everything. Well I guess everything has been parodied. In yeah. Yes. Nothing. And, is uh, I actually think exists. it's it's pretty clever. Nothing is sincere anymore, Sky. Uh, so I am actually going to side with Sky tonight. Um, that's fair. It was very Yay. close. No, not really. <laughs> both both <laughs> submissions were fantastic. Thank you. They brought tears <laughs> to my eyes. Well, that's probably accurate. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going first. Hooray. Good job. Here's Bill Nye, the science guy. Not to be confused with Bill Nye. Not to do that. Don't. Who don't is ever. just a science guy? There are there are exactly a hundred episodes. Wow. There are a hundred yes. half hour episodes. Well, let's see. What do I got here? That is that is fifty hours. He wears bill. a lab coat and a tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, if you want to get specific, the synopsis here: Bill's TV persona is a tall and slender scientist wearing a blue lab coat and bow tie. That's cited, by the way. That's. I gotta know what is that cited to? It's from oh, from an article in 1994's The Bill Nye Effect on the Seattle Times. I'm clicking this. You guys keep going. The show's theme song is set to a house beat with Bill's name <laughs> shouted throughout the duration of the song. <laughs> and it says house beat. It's a, it, the the show's episode consisted of several compositions from associated production music. Music. Most of these songs were also used in SpongeBob SquarePants and the Ren and Stimpy show. Of course. Really? Which is kind of weird. Uh, <clears throat> from the Bill Nye effect, cheap Hollywood talk magnetizes the science guy less than something he can bank on, such as, well, magnetism. Nevertheless, these days these are thrilling days to be in the science guy's lab coat. I guess that's what the citation was for. Um, look at this, the science guy. These are, this is in caps, by the way. Look at this, the science guy tells a visitor while pausing at the office photocopier for a moment of typically childlike wonderment. This <laughs> is the copy machine for my show. End quote. <laughs> Recently, a woman had... Whoa, whoa! <laughs> Recently, a woman happened to look out her living room window and see the science guy 
on location, changing his pants in a parking lot. <laughs> she ran out with a copy of his book for him to sign. Quote, science rules, end quote, he scrawled, then finished buckling his belt and whirled onward like a radiometer in the sun. Uh, that's fantastic. Wow. That is so poetic. So uh, I think we're going to have yeah. to make a call here. Oh, boy. Under episodes. Mm. A lot of these episode names are linked to what they're about. I'm are they them. legit? I don't know if we I don't know if we can ex- include them. Well, as Tim's clickable the, links. Tim's the leader on this one. He gets to make the call. Um, I think we can count them. All right. The host because, has ruled. Wow. I because I'm looking through them. Work. I don't see any of them saying Armageddon. <laughs> no. I mean, there are things that link to Armageddon if you're wise. I Ooh, mean, that'll dang. probably eventually Whoa. get you there. All right. I'm Perhaps. sorry. I'm still just watching. I'm just still just reading this this article because it is great. Yeah. Harnessing powerful computers, the show's editors will inject even more kinetic en- energy into the segment. They will perform a dizzying number of edits, <laughs> drop in some subtly snide comments by announcer Pat Cashman, and select numerous whoopee cushion-esque sound effects. And these are also in all caps: clangs and splorks and doinks. Can you can you spell that second word, please? Splorks. Uh, uh is S P L O R K S. I really almost did spelling I mean, in the style of Rebecca Silifon there. I almost did it. I, I've I've heard of splorts. Am I correct? I've never yeah. heard of splorks. Yeah, the wide it's the wide world of splorks. Oh. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> in season five, episode eight, it's all about atoms. And like the parody song was by Third Nye Blind, and it was Adams in my life. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. So I'm gonna click on. Oh, Adams. there's there's some gold in here. This article is like three thousand words long. Yeah, because uh, most of it is is the episode list. Yep. No, no, this article. Oh, the, the one that you're reading. I'm sorry. This is so good. I think he could be the next Barney, says head writer Schaefer. Actual dinosaurs, of course, went extinct millions of years ago, whereas science lives. Science lives? Okay, sorry, I'm back. I'm sorry. That was that was wonderful, and I'm happy that I read this. What are we doing? Uh, you gotta click on something. Oh, yeah. what did you click on? To get to Armageddon. <laughs> I, click on, I clicked on Adam. Okay, give me a moment. Um, Do-do-do. Clicked on, oh right, and all of these things are, wow, oh wow, there's, sound is a vibe by, wow, glory wavelength, the vibrations, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, there's Drip It, which is a parody of Whip It by Devo. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Fluids episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, oh yeah, uh, born uh, Bones in My Body, which is a parody of Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf, wow, 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 wow. Uh, I can hear that in my head now, and I'm probably never going to be able to not hear it. So, how um, much were you guys into Bill Nye back then? I know Sky was more of a Beekman kid. I Um, got to watch it occasionally. I liked it, but because he's an evolutionist, I was not allowed to watch a lot of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That harmful science guy. Um, I enjoyed Bill Nye, the science guy, very much. Uh, during my growing years, I actually was one of the kinds of kids who would write in 
oh, to no. like get stuff when they had like offers and things. Like try this experiment at home and tell us what happened, and you'll get like this little uh, microscopish thing <laughs> that you can put bugs and stuff under and look at them up close. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And I did it, and I got it, and it was awesome. That is awesome. There was a newsletter. I remember a newsletter. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think because I, I wrote in like that, I got automatically put on this like newsletter thing where like every few months or so, wow. I would get like this newsletter filled with like facts and cool stuff. And I think I re- actually remember one about, there was a guy who wrote for the show or worked on the show and he wrote about his experience having um, brain surgery for a tumor. Oh. Which was kind of, yeah, it was kind of surprisingly serious, but still also really cool because, you know, you have to be awake for it. Ah. So he's talking about being awake for his brain surgery and what happened and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. (laughs) (laughs) This is terrifying. (laughs) That's a good thing. Uh, Did you guys know he was in a video game? (laughs) Yes. I did not know this. Uh, A computer game for the series titled Bill Nye the Science Guy Stop the Rock was released in 1996 for Windows and Macintosh by Pacific Interactive. Ironically, that's also the name for the Footloose sequel. (laughs) Nice. Um, In the game, a large meteoroid called Impending Dume threatens to make a catastrophic collision with the Earth. A team of scientists develop a laser satellite controlling computer system called MAX, the Meteor (laughs) and Asteroid Exploder. Is it... Is, does it, the, is, is it only one X? It No, no, no. It doesn't double where you think it will. It's M-A-A-X. Max. Yeah. That's okay. why I said it that way. <laughs> gotcha. Proceed. Uh, Max, uh, long story short, uh, goes crazy and you have to convince it to help you destroy impending Dume. Uh, you mean like stop Armageddon? Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to click... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, their meteoroid is linked here, and so is laser satellite. Oh no, it's it's two different things. No, not as that's not as fun. I wanted I wanted laser laser satellite. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> what? A guy can dream. <laughs> I'm going to click meteoroid. Okay. okay. Excellent. All mm. right. So Sky has gone with Adam, and Kyle has gone with meteoroid. Yep. Oh my gosh. Oddly enough, when I was finding this stuff i went with christopher lloyd okay so a lesser known meteoroid a lesser known cause of disasters yeah all right so sky teach us about the atom no (laughs) (laughs) there's no bombs on here there's no (laughs) no. like even i mean seriously if you were the atom splitting and you made up everything in the universe and all anyone ever talks about is how splitting you causes everything to die. Wouldn't you be kind of mad? Yeah, mm. I understand. It's like, hey, I make plants. I make uh, ice cream. Make you, asshole. I make you. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so Whoa, why you always down, talk Adam. about me as like the fearful fallout disaster boom thing? But calm down. Sorry. Yeah, there's nothing on there. There's no atom splitting. Doesn't have to get too excited. There's a super atom, but I don't think that's like what I'm looking for. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I think what I'm going to have to do here. 
Oh, and boy. also, this is just all science junk. Like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing in here that's like, hey, this is crazy. Science junk. Yeah. Like one time, this atom was taking its pants off in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that here. And a quark ran out with a copy of his book. Yes, <laughs> a quark. He signed it, signs rules, refastened his bonds, and got out of there. <laughs> Ionized and got out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so you know where I think I'm going to go? <laughs> to get to the end, you start at the beginning. Are you going back? Electrons are thought to exist in the universe since early stages of the Big Bang. Oh, dang. Ooh. Boom. I'm going to Big Bang. I we like have it. not been there yet, have we? No. I don't think wow. so. Wow. I have we for the American TV sitcoms he's a big big theory never (laughs) over my dead body uh all right so meteoroids you guys first off I'm going to link you to oh this is amazing the best gif that we've come across yet I like this gif I enjoy this gif immensely I like that someone took the time to do this and actually animate it. So basically, this this GIF uh, takes you from the sort of evolution or changes <laughs> of going from meteoroid to a meteor and then a meteorite. Yes. Uh, and so you see it just going into the atmosphere, apparently, and just getting all this stuff shaved off of it. Like, like one of those... Um, you remember those magnetic... Uh, like beards like you'd had the guy's face yes. and then you could yeah. use a little pen to shift the the iron filings around and make beards it reminds me of that <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what it looks like i think that's pretty accurate so uh so how what is a, a meteoroid exactly then kyle well a meteoroid is a small rocky or metallic body traveling through outer space meteoroids are significantly smaller than asteroids which i actually didn't know that and they range in size from small grains, I guess rice, to one meter wide object. Rice uh, in space. <laughs> you know, as you do, grains in space. Um, objects smaller than this are classified. Oh my gosh, there's a word for this. Uh, objects smaller than this are classified as micrometeoroids aw, or space dust. Um, which I guess is not just a weird threat in a in a space or in a Star Wars movie. Hmm. Uh, most are fragments of comets, comets or asteroids, whereas others are collision impact debris ejected from bodies such as the Moon or Mars. Which I suppose we think of the Moon as its own debris from us. So technically, that works. Um, <laughs> debris. <laughs> well, it was at one point. I guess. Um, so, yeah. And then. Uh, what they go through here in this GIF is the, 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 the passage from meteoroid to meteor, <clears throat> which they have here as a shooting star. A series of many meteors appears second, appearing seconds or minutes apart and appearing to originate from the same fixed point in the sky is called a meteor shower. I didn't realize it had to come from the same fixed point in the sky. Like, hmm. if there's just a lot of meteors falling, that's just what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, if that object withstands ablation from its passage through the atmosphere as a meteor and impacts with the ground, it is then called a meteorite. Um, All right. Uh, so it says around 15,000 tons of meteoroids, micrometeoroids, and different forms of space dust enter Earth's atmosphere every year. Do you know where it ends up? Uh, 
No. No. Behind my TV. Wow. Oh. Nice. Nice. I swear, it's just every time I look back there after I clean, there's a meteor. It's still there. <laughs> okay. Uh. I like this here, uh, that almost all meteoroids contain extraterrestrial nickel and irons. Mm-hmm. They have three classifi- three main classifications, irons, stones, and stony irons. Stony, stony irons. irons? That's what it says. That is, that, is a, a, that is a great Irish name like for a band. Oh, yep. man. I really hope that's a real thing. Yeah, like a great blues singer. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. Stony Irons. Club tonight. Stony yeah. Irons will be there. Yeah. I want to catch the I want to catch his next set. Yeah. Oh man, that would be great. Oh man. <laughs> I just found a great band name. Looking through the Big Bang, the Cosmic Microwave Background. What? Yeah. Yeah. This whole episode's going to be full of good band names, I think. Mhm. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Meteors, blah blah blah. Shooting star, falling star, heated from collisions. There are par- particles in the upper atmosphere. Right, right, right. Um, hmm. Oh my gosh! Down near the bottom of this page on meteoroids is something that is subtitled "The Gallery of Meteors." What? And it's just a bunch of fantastic space photos of things streaking through the sky. Wow, that really is pretty cool. Man. Okay. Like Ooh. space photography is so cool. <laughs> yes. I mean there's there's some that's like yes, the really far away stuff where it seems kinda like black and white and kind of weird and stuff. And then you have just like the fields of stars that make great screensavers and mm. just that's true. things just oh man. I want to be cow. a space photographer. <laughs> uh wow, okay. Um, impact craters, meteoroid collisions with solid solar system objects, <clears throat> including the moon, Mercury, Callisto, Ganymede, and most small moons and asteroids, create impact craters, which are the dominant geographic features of many of those objects. Well, yeah, they seem to, they usually leave a mark. Um, hmm. Oh my gosh, I didn't know this was a word. In early, early literature, before the significance of impact craters was widely recognized, the terms crypto explosion or crypto volcanic structure were often used to describe what now what are now recognized as impact related features on the earth. Whoa. Crypto explosion. That's awesome. I, I thought they would have called them like God punches or something. <laughs> punch. I really want to click crypto explosion. It's possible that would get me to that would get me closer. It sounds like it would get you somewhere interesting. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm cr- I'm clicking crypto explosion. Nice. <laughs> nice. Crypto explosion. Crypto explosion. All right, go on. All right. Speaking of crypto explosions, or maybe not quite as crypto explosions, uh, the Big Bang. The Big Bang. <laughs> it's the singularity. Oh, boy. It's really freaking complicated, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Extrapolation of the expansion of the universe backwards in time using general relativi- <clears throat> relativity yields an infinite density and temperature at a finite time in the past. I am this, asleep. This singularity <laughs> signals the breakdown of general relativity and thus all the laws of physics. Okay. This is pretty cool. I'm with you so far, but... Yeah. Um, and then at some point, an unknown reaction called Barry... Bi- Baryogenesis. 
Sure. Violated the conservation of <laughs> baryon number. Whoa, whoa, dude. Yep. Is this how Barry Manilow got created? <laughs> Leading to a very small excess of quarks, maybe. <laughs> Warning, I feel like he's made of a small excess of quirks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it led oh. to a small excess of quirks and leptons over anti-quirks and anti-leptons <laughs> of the order of one part in 30 million. And this resulted in the predominance of matter over antimatter in the present universe. And that's why everything sounds are. like a great battle. I know. Well, that, that is what the world is. It's just a battle against mm. itself. Yep. <laughs> wow. And yeah, things are getting colder over time. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to get to the end of time. Right. And like of course I can go here to say like what like the end of the universe, right? But that's not really Armageddon because the end of the universe is gonna happen <laughs> a long time after our Armageddon happens. Oh, I guess you're right. I'm kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> our our Armageddon. Our Armageddon. <laughs> I love, I love his Game of Thrones books. So in this, <laughs> in this, in this chapter, uh, titled "Ultimate Face of Fate of the Universe," what? The ultimate fate of the universe. No, that's not fair. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. If the mass density of the universe were greater than the critical density, then the universe would reach a maximum size and then begin to collapse. It would become denser and hotter again. So okay. it's actually not when everything gets spread out and gets cold, that's when it ends. It like retracts back like a rubber oh, band, good. which I think I've heard this before. Yes. But yeah, and it gets hotter again. So it just kind of goes. So then people were like, maybe this is like the 17th universe. Who knows? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> you guys. Other explanations of dark energy called phantom what? energy theories suggest that ultimately galaxy clusters, stars, planets, atoms, nuclei, and matter itself will be torn flat. apart by oh. the ever-increasing expansion in a so-called big rip. Capital B, capital R. <laughs> like the, the universe is a great big pair of pants. The so-called big <laughs> rip. Oh, like it's no. your grandpa after chili. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, I think I got to click on Big Rip, <laughs> even though I could probably click on like I, th I saw like hydrogen earlier, and maybe that would give me the problems. But I mean, I like, it's right here. I think I'm gonna go to wiki slash Big Rip. Uh, I, I, I really, found this really... chart on the page, mm -hmm. uh, a chart which shows the proportion of the different components of the universe. Uh, it says. 73% dark energy, 23% dark matter, less than 4% free hydrogen and helium. Yeah, it's which for is good. I'm glad I'm glad it's free. Yeah. And then there's like a like around 1% left and it's like 0.3% neutrinos, 0.03% <laughs> heavy elements, 0.5% stars. Ooh. Whoa. So would we be in the part that's 0.5% <laughs> stars? <laughs> Maybe I, we're made out of stars, right? Is that right. Really I mean, it? technically yeah. speaking, yes. So. so I'm thinking that puts it in perspective. Yeah, we are in the thing that is 0.5 percent of the entire universe. Yeah, of course. Whoa. I mean, that's not that. Yeah, that's not that upsetting all the time if you just don't think about it mm -hmm. uh, ever. <laughs> and all the rest is like dark matter and beanie babies. 
<laughs> yeah, they had to go somewhere. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All so, right. So you are going for the big rip. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I really like that Sky and our Sky and I are both basically ignoring the actual goal page for this because these other yeah. pages are too good. Because, <laughs> I mean, just just to note, Armageddon is more of a religious event. Than a scientific one? Than a scientific one. <laughs> That's weird that you would say that. <laughs> that uh, Armageddon. <laughs> so Crypto Explosions is, is not a big page. No, but I, I'm, I'm a little bit upset about that. That's sad. Um, crypto, the term Crypto Explosion uh, structure, it means an explosion of unknown cause. The term is now o- largely obsolete. Because now everyone just blames the dog. that's not that's also okay uh it was once commonly used to describe sites where there was geological evidence of a large-scale explosion within the earth's crust but no definitive evidence for the cause such as normal volcanic rocks so um there's a little bit i mean this is literally a paragraph long and i'm probably just going to click impact craters uh, a little bit further down in this paragraph but i just need to tell you guys in the see also list which is a list of things and i really wish that i could click any of these for my actual uh my actual run here uh they have (laughs) they have impact crater (laughs) Impact crater. See also impact crater. Impact structure. I'm gonna skip this one here, Tim. Uh, impact event. Traces of catastrophe. And this one here that is that is just astrobleem, which is which <laughs> sounds is, like a brand name. Almost. <laughs> if you if you click on astrobleem, it just redirects to impact structure. It is in fact. I actually looked it up. On, that is lame. Uh, I looked it up in a dictionary. Yeah, it's just a it's a scar on Earth's surface uh, by oh. a impact by an impact from a meteorite. So like like bleem like like blemish. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Oh, it's a astro it's blemish. A, it's a star punch. Yes, star punch. In my uh, face. <laughs> yeah, that's the scar that's left after you get punched by a star. <laughs> if you really think about it, like like the planet Earth. Is just basically standing out in a hailstorm all day. Yeah, just getting yes. tons of stuff dumped on it. I actually read an article a while ago that um, they made the argument that we, as a planet, couldn't exist. Like our the smaller kind of rocky planets would have just been completely demolished, uh, you know, eons ago, if not for like the large giants uh, like Jupiter. That just kind of sweep through the sol- our our solar system, and just kind of clean up all the little the little things that would normally be completely demolishing all of the smaller rocky planets. Are you saying Jupiter's like a Swiffer? Kind of. Huh. <laughs> At least that's what this article was arguing. Wow. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to click impact craters. Okay. Because that's maybe closer to what I'm talking about. No, it looks interesting. It's got yeah, words. It's longer than the last page. All right, Sky. Uh, the big rip. The possibility of sudden singularities and crunch or rip singularities at Ooh, did late you say times. Crunch? Yep. At nice. late times occur only for hypothetical matter with implausible physical properties. 
I'm I'm backtracking. There's nothing on this page I can work with. Oh no. How how do astronomers come up with such cool names and then describe them so boringly? They come up with the cool names because all they deal with is boring stuff that they have to describe. (laughs) That's true. No one will read my paper unless I make this a crunch singularity. Unless I call this an astrobleem. Yeah. I mean (laughs) Uh, anyway, I'm going back to the Big Bang. Oh dang. Um, Okay, well. Hydrogen. Uh, oh right, you still have to pick a page. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We I don't know if we've ever done this before. I think we have in the past, but yeah, we've done a couple of times. It's been a, been a while. Yes. So go ahead and pick your next page. I'm going to hydrogen. I think that's a better hydrogen. idea. Hydrogen. Hydrogen. Okay. Okay. Um, an impact crater is an approximately circular depression in the surface of a planet, moon, or other solid body in the solar system or elsewhere. I like that it says, it, like, it's an impact crater no matter where you are, formed by the hypervelocity impact of a smaller body with the surface. Um, let's see. <clears throat> uh, interestingly enough, Meteor Crater is perhaps perhaps the best well-known example of a small impact crater on Earth. I wonder why they call it that. Oh, man. <clears throat> let's see. Uh, although Earth's... Oh dang! Although Earth's active surface processes quick, or surface processes quickly destroyed the impact record, about 170 terrestrial impact craters have been identified. Wow! These range in diameter from a few tens of meters up to about 300 kilometers. What? Yeah, there's some big ones. And they range in age from re- recent times. Uh, they they refer to a set of craters called the Sikote Allen. It looks like. Uh, craters in Russia whose creation were witnessed in 1947. Wow. Wow. Someone got to see that happen uh, to, <laughs> nice. to more than 2 billion years, although uh, most are less than 50 million years old because geological processes tend to obliterate older craters. So you just got craters landing on other craters. Well, <laughs> meteors landing on other craters, not craters landing on other craters. That's silly. Uh, near the bottom, there's a list of largest named craters in the solar system. Oh, man. Uh, the largest, although disputed, Pre- is on Mars. Prepare the band names. <laughs> yeah. the, nor- the North Polar Basin slash Borealis Basin. Mm. Uh, a lot of these have kind of like just regular sort of something basin names. There are oh. some that are just named for crater? artistic things. There's, there's Rembrandt on Mercury. What? There's there's a big crater on Mercury that they call Rembrandt. That seems it almost feels like um, a diss. There's, there's, there's <laughs> Beethoven on Mercury as what? well. Um, Apollo on the moon. Oh, Odysseus. Okay. See, scientists that just get bored with the stuff they have to do, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, "Oh Goethe. man, I guess we'll just throw in some Beethoven." Yeah. Gertrude. <laughs> uh, Dostoevsky. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like like Mercury is just named after a bunch of like musicians and writers, which, I mean, I could see it. <laughs> I could. I just I'm just kind of trying to fi- like figure out like if there's like a solid connection like between Mercury and art because Mercury yes. was like the messenger of the gods. Yes, it's that scientists like art sometimes. <laughs> that's that's what the connection is. Scientists are desperate to stick art in science. Yeah, do you think they'd stick <laughs> all that on Venus? But yeah, um, I'm looking at. It doesn't look like there are any large impacts on Venus, which probably makes sense since it's, it's, a, it's a gas giant, right? Yeah, yeah. not so gas. Not it's uh, well. No, I don't think it's gaseous. Like fully, isn't it? 
Oh, no, no, no. It just has the greenhouse effect. Yeah, it has um, a weird atmosphere. Yeah, so that's what it is. That probably just eats all those meteorites for breakfast. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, whatever. Slurp. Uh, dang. All right. Well, I have, co- I have a couple options. Um, the creating, well, the re- really honestly, the one that makes the most sense to me, they have a couple here talking about the extinction of non-avian dinosaurs mm-hmm. 66 million years ago. That seems, I mean, that should get me closer. Um, I would think so. And then there's also the the chicks. I don't know how to say it. Chicxulub impact. Oh, I guess it's the same. Oh no, that's the same event. Hmm. I think that makes the most sense. You know what? Yeah, that's what I'm clicking. The extinction of the non-avian dinosaur 66 million years ago. Wait, hold on. Is this exactly the same? Oh no, (laughs) no, they are two different pages, but it's the same. Uh, I'm gonna click uh, the. Chicxulub impact then? Chicxulub. Is that, that looks like that's, uh, yeah, I'm going to click it. Maybe it'll tell me how to, how to pronounce. Nope. How do you <laughs> pronounce that? What, what kind of pronunciation key is that? It can no longer be pronounced by modern tongues. Tim, you're looking at this, right? Like, yeah. that's not a real pronunciation, right? Chicxulub, I think. I, I'm clicking this. I clicked the... Uh, phonetic uh, pronunciation and it says oh well it doesn't give me anything it just takes me to a, a oh a, a key so I can so I can figure out you know what I'm just gonna google it uh, you guys go on I'm gonna figure out how to say this okay <laughs> hydrogen <laughs> hydrogen it's like the most abundant thing it glows purple glows purple it discharges uh, purple <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There, there are three isotopes, three naturally occurring isotopes. One is H1, and it's the most common, and it's an abundance. Uh, it's the most. It's it has an abundance of more than ninety nine point nine eight percent, which I'm not really sure what that means. It's the most common isotope with an abundance of more than ninety nine point nine eight percent. Does that just mean like of all the There's hydrogen, ninety nine point nine point eight percent is H1? That makes sense. They should to just me. say it that way, but they're bored scientists, as we <laughs> um, Yeah, it's there. And then there's H2, which can also be called de- de- deuterium. Um, all deuterium in the universe is thought to have been produced at the time of the Big Bang. So it's like old school. And it's endured since that time. It's seen a lot of things. <laughs> it's like old school. Yeah. And then yeah. there's H0, which has no <laughs> calories. Yeah. <laughs> H0 light. <laughs> with lemon yes. deuterium is not radioactive and does not represent a significant toxi- toxicity ha- uh, hazard which is great and water enriched in molecules of this Whoa. stuff is called heavy water neat heavy water is used as a neuron moderator and he's just like uh, guys guys cut it out and coolant <laughs> for for nuclear reactors it's, deuterium it's is also, also a potential fuel for commercial nuclear fusion it's also used for the batmobile which is a thing that i know from uh from bat label 66 go on oh good h three h or h3 i'm not sure which tritium <laughs> uh it has two neurons in its nucleus neurons neutrons there you go yeah we went, okay it is radioactive oh yep and it is so radioactive that it can be used as a lu- as a luminous paint Whoa! Making it useful what? in things such as watches, which you know hundreds of women would 
paint onto watches and then get cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, the glass prevents the small amount of radiation from getting out. That's cited. But I, I what? Don't, yeah. Like if you if you paint a watch and then you put a glass over it, uh, it keeps the radiation from coming out. But when you're the one painting it on, it doesn't. It doesn't keep it out. Don't then. do it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is per not. It, it's produced like naturally, but it can also be released during nuclear weapons tests. I'm gonna click Yay. on nuclear weapons tests. Oh yeah, that's probably a really good. Takes choice. me to nuclear testing. Oh no. Or nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. Nuclear. Nu- nuclear. Oh boy. Okay. We're, just, we're we're pronunciating all over the place tonight. Okay, Kyle, the Chipotle crater. <laughs> That's a different thing entirely. <gasps> no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's chichulum. Uh, well, according to the pronunciation here, which I didn't realize this, uh, probably on anyone in in Wikipedia, if you mouse over the individual letters, it will tell you what that pronunciation is supposed to be. So, according to this, which is the thing that I did in the entire time that you were reading that, instead of reading this article. <laughs> <laughs> I I I oh. think it is pronounced uh chick let's see chicksulub. Oh wait, chicksulub. Yeah, that's it because this is a long e. So chicksulub uh crater. That's what I got. Okay. Uh let's see. It is uh it is an impact crater buried underneath the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico. Its crater is located near the town of Chicxulub, after which the crater is named. It would be weird if the crater was there first, and they just built this late. And like, oh, well, what's this crater? Oh, it's the Chicxulub crater. Oh, that's weird. Coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, the crater is more than 180 kilometers in diameter. Wow. And 20 kilometers uh, in depth. Uh, for uh, Just for the reference, it does have the... Uh, the cha- uh, the um, Whoa, someone's racing down my street. That was really loud. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just um, someone also uh, did the, did the um, I can't think of the word, the, the change from the uh, kilometers to miles. Uh, it is 110 miles in diameter and 12 miles deep, which is just nuts. Uh, it makes the feature the third of the largest confirmed impact structures on Earth. The impacting bolide that formed the crater was at least six miles or 10 kilometers in diameter. Wow. Um, oh, wow. The crater was discovered by geophysicists who had been looking for petroleum in, in the Yucatan during the late 1970s. Um, one of the geophysicists, Glenn Penfield which is absolutely a scientist's name, uh, was unable to obtain evidence that the ge- geological feature was a crater and gave up his search. What? Why would you? No, I mean, there are pictures here. It, it's it's a crater. <laughs> um, anyway. It's a hole, uh, but is it a <laughs> crater? <laughs> fair. You know what? Fair enough. Uh, later, through contact with Alan Hildebrand in 1990, Penfield obtained samples that suggested it was an impact feature. It's not a bug. It's an impact feature. In evidence for the impact origin crater includes shocked quartz, a gravity anomaly, and tektites in surrounding areas. All right, that just all sounds like science fiction right there. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. A, a gravity map. What? How? 
how does that even make a difference? Like, does it... It can't have more gravity there, can it? Is that a thing? I wish I knew. <laughs> that definitely sounds like comic book stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to look this up, but I actually need to move a little bit farther down here because uh, they have uh, Chicxulub and Mass Extinction. Um, oh, man, I was really hoping they'd have something. Oh, well, oh, oh, well, okay, they have... Uh, they, uh, some things, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they concluded that the impact at Chicxulub triggered the mass extinctions at the KPJ, uh, PG boundary. Mass extinctions is, is linked there. Hmm. Uh, also, uh, the, in 2013, the study compared isotopes and impact glass from the Chicxulub impact, the same isotopes and ash from the boundary where the extinction event occurred in the fossil record. Oh, oh, so they were able to actually link this, uh, through through that to the uh, actual fossil record. That's pretty cool. Um, this theory is now widely accepted in the scientific community. Some critics, including paleontologist Robert Baker, argue that such an impact, hold on, argue that such an impact would have killed frogs as well as the dinosaurs, yet the frogs survived the extinction event. <laughs> I mean, sure. That's the entirety of that, of that argument right there. That is... Cited, however, so I guess, you know, he, he can say whatever he wants, I suppose. It's like, it didn't happen because frogs. Frogs. Yeah, basically. Oh, okay, Bob. <laughs> Bob Baker. Uh, oh, dang. I guess I'm going to click mass extinctions and hope that it gets me closer. <laughs> sounds reasonable. All right. Extinction event. Nice. Yep. Extinction event. Right. All right, nuclear weapons testing. I'm on nuclear weapons testing, and boy, oh boy. do I have a quiz for you. <laughs> oh, what? yeah. Are you guys oh, ready no. to guess uh, the names of subcritical tests? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> now, these are yes? like the code names for tests of, of nuclear weapons, okay? Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Um. But yeah, I'll give you the name, and you can decide if it's true or false. Just like both of you, I guess, just come to a consensus. <laughs> okay. This will okay. just be these names are just cool. I don't know yeah. how you'll like. That's no. why I just wanted to do something with them. Okay. I, I'm into it. Let's do it. You ready? Yep. Uh, Thumper. Gotta oh be. Oh my gosh! It has to be. It's not. What? Wow. I made that one. Someone, up. someone is missing out on a chance to do something awesome. Yep. Unicorn. Oh. <laughs> oh geez. Now I'm now I'm not sure. I'm insecure. I really want it to be though. <laughs> yeah. I want to say yes. Okay. I'm gonna say yes. Yep, it is. Okay. Exploding good. unicorn. <laughs> uh Barbacoa. <laughs> That's like you can get that at Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh I'm gonna say no. No. No, it's not. Okay, good. Mario. What? <laughs> No. Uh, well, I don't know. Wait, because there's a lot of nerds out there. They named, yes. Well, they named they named nuclear weapons Big Boy and or Fat Boy, and Big Boy. <laughs> no, it's Fat it's, Man. It's what about fat a Fat Man and, and Little Boy? Isn't it? It's Fat Man and Little Boy. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. But there's Fat Man, so I'm going with yes. You can you can thank my history teacher. Yes, uh, yes, that is one. What? Yeah. Yep. Piano. 
Well, just that's piano. That's yep. very ironic if it is supposed to be that because it's supposed to be soft. No. Uh, Remember, these are drops. They're dropping the piano. Oh <laughs> no! Yes, it's real. No. Oh it's come on! Yep. I'm upset about this. Oboe six. <laughs> Where do I complain about oboe? This? Like O B O E? Yes. <laughs> like an instrument. Yes. But number six. <laughs> yes. Okay, what? that's an anime, and also <laughs> probably, probably a drop. Sure. Yes, it is. Uh, oboe eight. Hi. Oboe eight. Yep. No. Yes. What? Oboe seven. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh come on! And those are in chronological <laughs> order. <laughs> Wait, we dropped oboe guys, six we forgot in December seven. fourteen two thousand. Oboe eight in September twenty six two thousand one, and then oboe seven in December thirteen two thousand one. That is, that's not right. It's like, well, we did eight. We still got seven lying around though. Well, why not see if it goes off? Go for you it. Got, you doing anything this weekend? Yep. <laughs> Bagpipe. Oh my gosh. Please. I really hope so. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm I'm glad. Thank you. Mushroom fart. <laughs> no. Sky. Yes, that is that is me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is me. The big blow. Mushroom up. fart. <laughs> Okay, maybe I made that one up too. <laughs> and my favorite, a series of 50 tests. <laughs> that's just all? That's, that's a real name. Just a that, was, that, was the, that was the original name for 50 Shades of Grey. <laughs> a, series of, a series of 50 tests. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Well, that was fun. That was so, fun. Thank you, Sky. So is there any sort of like protocol you need to follow when doing a nuclear test? <laughs> no. Obviously. Or is it just like, we're just going to drop this here on Saturday, see what happens? Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, that's how it comes to... Oh, so sorry. I'm... Yeah. These, these, all these subtests I've been talking about, they're yes. also known as cold tests. And they're actually, they're actually supposed to yield like no results. So it... Wait, they're supposed to fail? They're supposed to have no yield oh which i think oh. means something in uh it means that they're not actually um i mean they're not uh radioactive right they're okay yeah which is weird they're the only ones yeah. that are allowed under the comprehensive nuclear test ban treaty yeah yeah they're not going to be they it's just the actual explosion itself but it does not spread radiation right which makes sense if they're doing them like yes just a few years ago Yep. Yes. Um, so there are a bunch of purposes for nuclear weapons. Well, nuclear weapon tests. Some of them are weapon related, if you can imagine. Weird. Yep. So weapon related tests, you know, see if it works. Weapons effects test to figure out if how they'll like affect structures in the environment. That's like the secondary attack when you like hit them with the butt of your gun. Yeah, kind of. Except the butt is like <laughs> blowing up skyscrapers. Yeah. Uh, safety experiments are designed to study the behavior of weapons <laughs> and simulated accident scenarios. Makes I sense. feel like that's I feel like that's just saying it a very nice way to call that a safety experiment. Yeah. Nuclear test de detection experiments are designed to improve the capabilities of finding nuclear weapons tests. So, so it's a test. It's a nuclear weapons test you do to test whether you'll be able to test. If other people are testing <laughs> nuclear weapons. What? Wow. 
Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. And then the last one, peaceful nuclear explosions. Well, that's just not right. <laughs> they were conducted right. to investigate non-military applications of nuclear explosives. Now, in America, right. they were performed <laughs> under the umbrella name of Operation Plowshare. Wow. Yeah. Wow, indeed. So... <laughs> this bomb will just hammer all the swords into plowshares. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, really, I was going to say that's the That's, that's how the, the analogy works, right? Yeah. Yes. I think I have to go to nuclear weapons because yeah, do it. I'm not getting anything <laughs> like over here. So that's what I'm yeah. going to do. I'm, I'm with you on that. That's a good call. Uh, extinction you events, you guys. They're... When's they're the next one? Pretty bad. Uh... I, an extinction event, also known as a mass extinction or a biotic crisis, which is absolutely the better name for that thing. I don't know why you call it anything else. Is it a widespread and rapid decrease in the amount of life on Earth? I was um, just thinking of a probiotic crisis <laughs> when they're out of Activa at the no! at the store. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's a different type of event, yes. Uh, there are actually several... Uh, I mean, we have several extinction events uh, recorded in Earth's history, of course. Uh, none of, not any of, uh, I mean, most of which don't affect humans as much as you might expect. Well, I mean, if they did, we would not be here. So uh, there's the Cretaceous uh, Paleogene extinction event. Um, and that is the, uh, yeah, obviously the end of the Cretaceous period. Uh, there's the Triassic and Jurassic extinction event. Uh, which took care of a lot of the uh, marine families, which is not so great. It says up to 75% of all species went extinct in that one. Um, wow. No, actually, even in the one prior, about 75% of all species at the time uh, would have died. Um, and they they don't particularly have a a thing that causes the, these things. They don't know what caused them specifically. But there are lots of studies, of course, and people who think they, they have some idea. Um, there's the Permian-Triassic extinction event, uh, the late Devonian extinction, and the Ordovician, Ordovician Silurian extinction events. Um, Those are all of, on this planet? All on this planet, yes. Um, <clears throat> now, here's the problem, though. Because they can't really tell, uh, all right, despite the popularization of these five events, they're very popular. There's no um, fine line separating them from other extinction events. Using different methods of calculating an extinction's impact can lead to other events featuring in the top five. Uh, basically, the older the fossil record gets, the harder it is to read. So you can tell what's going on, but you have to, you know, what makes it just, you know, a couple animals caught in a mudslide versus an actual extinction event. So, Fair enough. Yeah, older fossils are harder to find as they're usually buried at a considerable depth. Uh, then dating those older fossils is more difficult at that point. Productive fossil beds are researched more than unproductive ones, which leaves certain periods unresearched, which I didn't think about. That's probably accurate. Uh, prehistoric environmental records can disturb the deposition process, which I guess when they question the fossils afterward. Um, the preservation of fossils varies on land, but marine fossils tend to be better preserved than their sought-after land-based counterparts. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> research completed after the seminal 1982 paper has, conser or has 
uh, concluded that a sixth mass extinction event is ongoing. Um, the Holocene extinction, currently ongoing, extinctions have occurred at over 1,000 times the background extinction rate since 1900. And guess why? Man. You are correct. That's sad. Um, yeah, well, there you go. There are does. Oh, wow. There's a lot more extinction events listed here. Those were just the top five that I gave you there. Um, they do actually have, uh, I mean, the uh, Chiclico, Chiclico? Ah, I did it wrong already. Uh, Impact is on there as, as well. So all of our favorite impacts. <laughs> all, all your greatest hits. <laughs> well done. Well done, Tim. Uh, yeah, so all, all of those are in there. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's been, it has been suggested variously that extinction events occurred periodically every 26 to 30 million years, or that diversity fluctuates episodically every 62 million years, uh, give or take. Um, various ideas attempt to explain this supposed pattern, including the presence of a hypothetical companion star to the sun. That's cited and terrifying. <laughs> Oscillate. <laughs> star friend? Like. <laughs> That's not a friend, Tim. Oh. That's not a friend. <laughs> Oscillations in the galactic plane or passage through the Milky Way spiral arms also terrifying. Great. Good. That's wonderful. That, wow. Great. Uh, this is all terrifying. Um, so I do want to point this out. I, I mean, they go through some of the best extinctions here. Uh, some, some of the most widely supported explanations include... Um, flood events, sea level falls, impact events, sustained and significant global cooling, sustained and significant global warming, calithrate gun hypothesis. I don't know what that is. What's that one? <laughs> uh, oh, dang. Um, basically a big drop or, or rise or uh, a big change in temperature that causes earthquakes and oh good oh. and changes in the, in the greenhouse gases on the planet that's wonderful uh anoxic events in which the um oh wow this sounds terrifying anoxic events are situations when the middle and even upper layers of the ocean become deficient or totally lacking in oxygen which would kill us all um <clears throat> there's uh hydrogen sulfide emissions from the seas which would kill us all. <laughs> There's oceanic overturn, which oh, which changes the temperature of the te of the water in the ocean, and that would kill everything in the ocean, which would kill us all. Oh, oh, right. Here's a nearby nova, supernova, or gamma ray burst. Which yeah, we can't do much about that. Uh oh, geomagnetic reversal. That's a classic one recently. Uh, people talking about the Earth's magnetic field weakening. Uh, which would expose us to solar wind, which would kill us all. Plate, te <laughs> plate tectonics. Uh, oh, yeah, and here's just other hypotheses. Uh, I need to sit down. Well, I'm already sitting. I need to sit down more. Um, Deep in your sit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, there is actually a, a block here called Future Biosphere Extinction. Nothing in it is linked. Ugh. 
Uh, there, Tim, you need to make a ruling on this. It has a C also underneath there to future of the earth. Can I do a C also? Is that allowed? I don't remember. I don't think we've usually allowed it. Okay. Well, um, dang, which one of these extinction events do I want to take a shot at? <laughs> which one is the least terrifying? Well, I mean, the most possible is, I mean, global warming, but is that going to get me to Armageddon? <laughs> uh, I also kind of want to click hypothetical companion star. Oh my gosh, its name is Nemesis. Oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> all right i gotta click this now i gotta maybe it's maybe someone foretold it for armageddon oh i'm clicking so, it so what did you click on again i clicked hold on hypothetical companion, companion star which is called nemesis the hypothetical star oh my gosh all nemesis. right sky help Nuclear weapons. Nothing oh, on boy. here. What? Uh, Armageddon. Nothing. Uh, I don't know what to do. I think what I'm going to uh -huh. do is, like Tim said, we are going about this the wrong way. I think you're right. In the United Kingdom, the first Alder Mason march organized by the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament took place at go. Easter. Good job. Easter 1958. So I'm going to click on Easter. <laughs> Easter. Well, this wow. took a turn. And now I'm now I am in religion. <laughs> Easter Geddon. Good, thank you. Well, uh, I'm <laughs> so, on. So I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just looking at my computer right now. I have a tab called Easter. <laughs> I have a tab called Nemesis. Hypothetical star. <laughs> Hypothetical star. Uh, wow. So, um, hmm. I was hoping this would get me something to work with, but it's a hypothetical red dwarf or brown dwarf. There's Death Star. What? Um, the the Nemesis hypothesis is also called the Death Star hypothesis. I don't see that. Where are you seeing that? It's under development of the Nemesis hypothesis. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, that's not even in here, Tim. <laughs> but the link, I think, just just stays on this page, unfortunately. Why would you link that? Oh, no, it actually goes to the disambiguation of Death Star. <laughs> nice. Oh, wonderful. Um, well, I'm just going to give a quick background here. It's a, yeah, it's a star that was postulated in 1984 to be orbiting the sun at a distance of about 1.5 light years, somewhat beyond the Oort cloud to explain a perceived cycle of mass extinction in the, in the geological record. Which occur, which seem to occur more often at intervals of twenty six million years. Hmm. Um, hmm. Oh, <laughs> as of twenty twelve, over eighteen hundred brown dwarfs have been identified, and none of them are inside the solar system. There are actually fewer brown dwarfs in our cosmic cosmic neighborhood than previously thought. Rather than one star for every brown dwarf, there may be as many as six stars for every for every brown dwarf. The majority of solar type stars are single. Aw. Mm. Poor guys. Aw. Uh. <laughs> well. I love how this has a cultural references section. I'm that's exactly what I'm going for, by the way. I think Sky has the right idea. Uh cultural references. <clears throat> 
<laughs> Nemesis, a book by Isaac Asimov about an exhibition, exhibition, expe, yeah, expedition to a red dwarf local to the solar system. Though this red dwarf turns out not to be in a 26 million year orbit, it is merely passing through. Just, just Nemesis, goodbye, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. Nemesis, a fictional 10th planet featured in, I'm not kidding, the second arc of Sailor Moon and home to that arc's antagonist, the Black Moon Clan. Whoa. Nemesis is a planet of negative energy and has the ability to vanish from sight but remain traceable by x-rays. What? Uh, what? I think, I think if anything's going to get you toward Armageddon on this page, it's Sailor Moon. I'm really upset that you're probably right. <laughs> Uh, History Channel program, The Universe, aired an episode on this theory, subject of the eponymous track Nemesis on the album Oil and Gold by Shriekback, which I don't know what that is, but I, mm -mm. I'm very curious. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, we get to mention The Librarians again. Good. Uh, the 2014 TV series, The Librarians, Nemesis was captured in 1952 at what? What? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. What are you going to click on, Kyle? <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, kept in the sunroom in the library. It's a sun kept in the sunroom. Its energy was used to save New York City from an from a hurricane caused by Ariel of the Tempest. Of course, ah, I'm kind of upset about this. Um, oh man, I don't know, Sky. I I kind of think I need to click on Sailor Moon. <laughs> like I I need to take another route here. Uh, although I could just click on the sun. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm doing that. Clicking on the sun. Not so staring, close. Not staring directly at it, though. It's now become my mission to get one of you guys to click on Sailor Moon during one of my hostings. <laughs> not tonight, Tim. I know. One day. One day. Well, in fairness, I'm probably still pretty close. <laughs> Hey, happy Easter. Happy Easter. I'm it's clicking on New Testament. Yay. Oh my gosh. Are you not even going to? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to point out that I'm doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> well, it depends on what you qualify the heavy lifting. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about Easter before, haven't we? That's yeah. true. We have. Um, okay, well, the sun is the star at the center of the solar system. It is by far the most important source of energy for life on Earth. It is a nearly perfect spherical ball of hot plasma with an internal convective motion that generates a magnetic field via a dynamo process. There you go. That's it. That's the entire page. Um, no, <laughs> there's a lot more. <laughs> Let's see. The, so, whoa, whoa, geez. Uh, this page gets a little snide to the sun here. The sun is roughly middle aged and has not changed dramatically for over four billion years. My goodness, Jeez, give it a break. Get with the now, sun. Man, it's not its fault. It's trying its hardest, um, and will remain fairly stable for more than another five billion years. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> However, after hydrogen fusion at its core is stopped, the sun will undergo severe changes and become a red giant. And well, you know. Et cetera, et cetera. It lets itself go and <laughs> uh, gets a sports car. Um, all right. Well, uh, oh, religious aspects. It's nothing here. Dang it. <laughs> religious aspects, none. None. 
Uh, no, one, no religion has ever acknowledged the sun. <laughs> I meant about Armageddon. Uh, solar deities and sun worship can be found through most of recorded history in various forms, including the Egyptian Ra, the Hindu Surya, the Japanese Amaterasu, the Germanic Sol, the Aztec, oh my gosh, Tonetia is what I'm going to go with. I'm probably destroying that, <clears throat> among others. Uh... Okay, well, whoa. Okay, from at least the fourth dynasty of ancient Egypt, the sun was worshipped as the god Ra, portrayed as a falcon-headed divinity surmounted by the solar disk and surrounded by a serpent. In the New Empire period, the sun became identified with the dung beetle, which is weird, whose <laughs> spherical ball of dung identi was identified with the sun. Right. Okay. Uh, they must have gotten mad at the sun at some point. Yeah. It's like, sun's just a big ball of crap. <laughs> Good job. Ball of flaming crap. <laughs> Roll nice. around the sky by a dung beetle. Nice work. Good job, Tim. <laughs> All right. I'm going to scroll down here and see if I can't find some more, I guess, I guess, in popular culture. Does the sun have a popular culture sense? I mean, section? it's the subject of a Smash Mouth song. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's see. Oh, they have the green flash in here. That's interesting. Um, solar space missions, early understanding, theoretical problems. <laughs> that does have problems. Um, uh, orbit and Milky Way. Oh my gosh. Do I really just have to click on one of these, one of these uh, religions and just hope? You. Oh, wait. Sun does not have enough mass to, to explode as a supernova. I mean, that... I mean, that's closer? But probably not going to get me to Armageddon. You know what you could have clicked on, Kyle? I'm not clicking on uh, Sailor Moon, Tim. Okay, Kyle. Uh, let's see. I guess I'm going to have to just try grab one of those references to a religion and hope that it gets me somewhere <laughs> oh geez okay well let's see well, now i actually have to get back up to it here we are um hmm. uh ancient roman culture sunday was the day of the sun god great good job okay well that's not what i thought it was going to be <laughs> uh, sunday linked yeah, it is. I guess I might try clicking that. That's the closest I'm going to get from here. Okay. All right. Sky. Sweet. Your turn. New Testament. Woo! Consists of four narratives of the life, teaching, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Called the Gospels. Oh, yeah. A narrative of the apostles' ministries in the early church called the Acts of the Apostles. 21 letters yeah. of various people telling people to what to do. To various and people, then an apocalypse, yes. the book of Revelation, which is a book bum, of bum, prophecy. Bum. Now it's apocalypse, not Armageddon. Nice. <sighs> containing some instructions to several local congregations of Asia Minor, but mostly containing prophetical sem semiotics yeah. about the end times. Oh, well, there you go. End times is linked. And I think we'll oh, click on God. that more than apocalypse. Hmm, interesting. And hope okay. that Armageddon is a type of end time. Is a type of end time, yes. 
types of end times known as all right well sunday is a day it's a day of the week you guys it's the day of the week following saturday but before monday that's the official wikipedia description uh it is a day of rest in most western countries as a part of the as the linked weekend that is a word that is linked on this page oh wow okay um it's a day of worship and rest holding at the lord's day the day of christ's resurrection blah 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 it's the first day of the work week in some countries it's the seventh and last day of the week in other countries uh great okay well Oh, good. Sunday being the day of the sun as the first day of the name of the first day of the week is derived from Hellenistic astrology. Way to go, guys. Hellenistic stuff. What have they ever given us? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to do anything here that's not just clicking on uh, Christianity, which is what Sky's doing. (laughs) I mean, that's it's kind of seems like where you got to go, though. Uh, you're probably right. Hang on a second, though. I'm going most, to... Most NASCAR Sprint Cup and IndyCar events are held on Sundays. Both of those wow. are linked. <laughs> yeah. You can get wow. Carmageddon. Oh, oh my gosh. What? Uh, oh, wait. Is this on the... Oh, it's not on Wikipedia. They have a reference... They have a literal reference to the Book of Revelation. And it is not... It's linked, but it's linked off-site. It's just a... Sunday may, call, may be called the Lord's Day. And that was linked from Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. And that could have gotten me there one step faster. <laughs> North American radio stations often play specialty radio shows, such as Casey Kasem's Countdown. You have uh, Kasemageddon. Wow. Uh, similarly, Antiques Roadshow has been shown on Sundays on BBC One since 1979. Oh. Wow. All right, hang on. Uh, religious segregation, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) All right. You know what? I'm just going to go up here and click. Oh, let's go with Lord's Day. (laughs) All right. I'm going to do that. Oh, my gosh. That is actually going to get me closer. Go on. End times. End times. The end times. Everybody's got their end times. The end time, also called end end times, end of time, end of days, last of days, final days, or eschaton, is a future time period. It's where the world events achieve a final climax. Whoa, whoa. Yep. Calm it down there. The the Abrahamic faiths maintain a linear cosmology. With end time uh-huh. scenarios containing themes of transformation and redemption. Right. Uh-huh. Um, Non-Abrahamic faiths tend to have more c- cyclical worldviews. Oh, okay. Um, characterized by decay, redemption, and rebirth. Like in Hinduism, oh, the end time occurs yeah, when Kalki, the final in- incarnation of Vishnu, descends... Wasn't, wasn't he also the cousin on Perfect Strangers? <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what Perfect Strangers is. Descends atop, descends atop a white horse and brings an end to the current Kali Yuga. In Buddhism, the Buddha predicted that his teaching would be forgotten after 5,000 years because of smartphones. And then (laughs) that would be followed by turmoil. (laughs) Well, I mean, smartphones and turmoil, I mean, he's pretty much got it paid. The ultimate destruction of the world will then come through seven suns. S-U-N-S. Oh, boy. Yeah. Since the development Wait, of the concept of deep that? time, 
Someone did not do their job on the Sun Wikipedia page. That's all I'm saying. Since the development of the concept of deep time in in the 18th century... What? And the calculation of the estimated age of the Earth, science discourse about end times has uh, centered on the ultimate fate of the universe. So no. that <laughs> theories also include the big rip, big crunch, big bounce, and big freeze. Wow. wow. So those were on that page? Wow. Yeah. I. Yeah, crazy. They, why couldn't they have linked that? Any of those. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff about the end times because we as human beings are obsessed with not only our personal, like when we're not thinking about our personal deaths, we're thinking about the death of our of our culture and our species. Yeah. So if I search for Armageddon, da, 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 you should find it. Here it is. It's here several times. Yay. If you look, if you look for Armageddon, that's what you'll find. Ooh, that's deep. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, go on. Is that a, qu- is that a quote? Or sure, yeah. Is that you making yes. that quote? Maybe? I don't Man. know. I was just... <laughs> you want to patent that. <laughs> I, was just, I was just rolling with it. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it says... I, ri- I rarely know what I'm doing, Scott. <laughs> it says, Contemporary use of the term of end times has evolved from literal belief in Christian millennialism. Right. That they're all uh, lazy and... Yes. Yeah, oblivious and, and just on their smartphones. They, yeah, live at home. But they're also actually, like the best red. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What? You're you're actually close you're you're very close to what I what I have on my page. Oh really? Nice. Yeah. Uh talking about Christianity in at the end of the first century, which is what they Yes. No. Sorry, go on. I just saw I just saw it was a it was some sort of article online that um our generation is actually like one of the most well read generations in a while. I believe like much it. better than our parents and grandparents. That's right. But and I was like, oh yeah, that's great. Like we're more, you know, we're more literate than them. That's that's a plus. Then I'm like, wait, that just means you know we weren't we weren't off fighting a war and we just have a lot yes. of free time to read. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. oh, maybe that's not so great. <laughs> anyway, in this tradition of Christian millennialism, biblical apocalypse is believed to be imminent with various. Current events as omens of impending Armageddon. And Armageddon's sure. like... Oh, yay, yay, finally. There. Finally, we reached the end. Uh, just for reference, uh, on the Lord's Day here, uh, in Christianity, it's generally Sunday, principal day of communal worship, blah, blah, blah. Um, the phrase Lord's Day only appears once in the Bible in Revelation one ten, which was written near the end of the first century. The Christianity in the first century is linked here. And I'm going to click it just because I want to see. But I do know that at that time, a lot of them were like, oh, yeah, totally. Armageddon's going to happen like next week. So, oh, my gosh, it's right here. I could have gotten here like several pages ago. OK, <laughs> that's cool. I don't need to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, let's talk about Armageddon, I guess. Sure. It is pretty crazy. Is it? Um, it's Armageddon is usually or sometimes thought of as like an event. Uh, it usually refers more to a site, uh, a site of a gathering of armies for a battle during the end times. Variously interpreted as either a literal or a symbolic location. Oh yeah. So it's uh, either it's... like a mountain or a hill, or it could just be. Well, this is the last battle. I guess this is Armageddon here. It's it's Medigo, isn't it? Something like that. Um, yeah, Megiddo. 
That's it, yeah. Oh, uh, it's one thought. I. Uh, where is that? I'm a little sad that I remember this. Uh, oh, yeah, here's, uh, yeah, on the Armageddon page. Ruins a top tell me to go. Ah, look um, at that. Yeah, Megiddo means strong. Sure. I think. <laughs> uh, Megidon or Megiddo, a place of crowds. Yeah, that's what it looks like here. But yeah, there's there's different interpretations, of course, about what exactly is going to go down. Yep. Depending on various faiths. Let's see. Basically, though, the similarities seem to be that um, the the Antichrist and Satan uh, get their heads handed to them. They get yeah imprisoned for like a thousand years. Then, for some reason, come out. Yeah. Yeah. And then Satan gathers Gog and, and Magog. I'm going to click that. Keep going. And then they come back for the final boss battle. Yep. <laughs> and God's like, nope. And he it's uses done. A, he uses a Deus God machina. code. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, I, guess that, I guess that goes easy on, you know, that's that's an easy joke both ways. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, puzzling that's still disturbing... Um, set of events oh okay Gog and Magog are names that appear in the Hebrew Bible notably Ezekiel and the book of Revelation uh, sometimes indicating individuals and sometimes lands and peoples sometimes but not always they're indicated are connected with the end times uh, basically they're referring to like the Huns or the Mongols and that's super racist but okay that's weird for a group that's supposed to be very welcome i don't know all right well anyway uh, according to this page uh it can it can refer to just foreign peoples hmm okay but anyway so just yep. like the others yeah yes huh um it says that ronald reagan was an adherent of armageddon theology of course he was and seemed to blend his political analysis with his armageddon theology quite naturally yes <laughs> okay yep 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 oh man um, oh so hey yeah. what? i have a bit here about the jehovah's witnesses okay uh i'm i only i only bring it up because i want to tell this story um there is a couple of jehovah's witnesses that keep that keep coming by here and um i feel really badly for them because they're they have really bad timing uh, and I have my, you know, at my place, I have my my apartment and my upstairs neighbor. <clears throat> and uh, twice now, they've shown up to, uh, you know, check in on me, I guess. And I haven't been home. And uh, my neighbor has texted me to be like, oh, well, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses have stopped by again. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> thanks. Mm -hmm. um, but one night, and they always come by when I'm at the gym. Like, literally, the timing has just lined up every time. Uh, one night, a couple weeks ago, I was coming back from the gym, uh, got, uh, you know, just getting out of the car, grab my gym bag, I'm getting out of the garage, walking to my door, and these guys were literally standing on my porch, right? Mm -hmm. And they saw me, and, I mean, they had to know that I was that person that lived there because I was headed toward that door. And they looked at me and then they were like, do you know if your neighbor's home? 
like, oh yeah, I have no idea. Her car wasn't in the garage, so I don't know. And mm-hmm. the guy, and the guy's like, okay, and he walked past me, like they didn't actually do anything. They didn't, they didn't try to hand me anything or anything like that. They had actually left one of their notes into the door, as they do, you know. That's weird. Yeah, they just the the guy was like. Okay, and, and they went up to my neighbor's door and knocked on their door, and I just went inside my own apartment. Like, they they cared enough to talk to me, but not enough to actually do the, like, we did our job. We went to this person's door. This person was not home. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I know exactly how they feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's I, like we, I understand. We left the pamphlet. We're good. Yeah. We did I what told- we needed to. Yeah. Like I, I, I had a better understanding of those people at that point. Like I felt more more in common with them at that exact moment than I probably would otherwise. <laughs> so hey guys, we made it to the end. Yay. Hooray. The end wait, end. Wait, is this our is this our forty ninth episode? Forty eighth. Oh man, that would have been great if it were well, I suppose it wouldn't make a big difference. No, we're we're definitely gonna if we ever have a final episode, we're definitely ending on something more high-spirited <laughs> than Armageddon. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe right. the movie Armageddon. Yeah. Well, eh. <laughs> maybe just Bruce Willis. <laughs> Let's end on Bruce Willis. That's fair. There you go. Or Sailor Moon. Uh, <laughs> Sailor Moon to Bruce Willis is going to be the final one. I've said it. There you go. It's going to happen. You've right. heard it now. We can put it in the scriptures and uh, see you. See if it comes true. <laughs> Great. So thank you for joining us tonight uh, on our journey from Bill Nye the Science Guy to Armageddon. Uh, if you would like to listen to more of our episodes, uh, you're more than welcome to. You can find us on iTunes. <laughs> you can also find us at uh, wskbcast.blogspot.com. You can also find us on Facebook uh, by searching We Should Know Better and on Twitter at wskbcast uh, as our Twitter handle. And if you would be so kind to uh, leave a review, let us know what you think on iTunes or do they have reviews on Stitcher? Uh, I think so. Yep. We're on Stitcher too. If you want to leave us a review there, please do. And that uh, should do it. Did you guys have anything you wanted to plug that uh, you think is cool recently? Uh, I, I actually just want to point out that I really like that you gave them permission to listen to more episodes. Yeah, you said to our listeners that they're more than welcome to listen to the rest of the episodes. I, I like to imagine that there's someone out there who have, who has just been waiting to go back. You're like, oh, I don't know if I should. Uh, it's like, I, I don't really know. Said, like, do they want me to? Uh, they kind of haven't said anything about it. I know they're they're playing so hard to get. I mean, there are some episodes. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> or like like the, the the quality of some of the episodes, sound yeah. quality wise, is pretty poor. Oh we, no! We I was just locked say, those. Also, the content of some of the episodes. <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> so, all our content's cold. Pretty nice. So, since we're at the end here, one thing that I kind of imagine mm. is if the end times do happen in our generation, sure, and you know the climactic final events are happening, there still has to be some guy updating it on Wikipedia, right? Oh no! You're right. Some some person is going to feel that need. Oh yeah, no. like like it's announced that there is a meteor, you know, approaching Earth that is just going to obliterate. Like there's no chance, right? Oh my god, no gosh. chance. Yeah, you know that there's going to be people going. Meteor A five seventeen is a meteoroid that was just 
that is going to destroy Earth. And then immediately edits to that. Like, Joe, can you just turn the lights out when you go? No. And then I'll call you guys up. This is up to the minute. One last time, gentlemen. One last time. And we'll have to end on that meteor page. No, the person, like, publishes, like, the very last thing. Yeah. And then someone flags it for something right before the meteor hits. (laughs) Well, you know what, though? It's so beautiful. Ours might make sense. If we can broadcast this out on radio, like, as long as we broadcast our podcast, it will remain after the Earth. Oh, my god! Just firing out through space. Yeah. Oh, it's also... Oh, so that's also beautiful. You guys, we got to do this now. Just hold a speaker out to space. <laughs> let, him, let him know what, <laughs> Don't what we come have here. done here. We should know better. We, we should, should know totally. better. All right. All right, guys. This is the end. Yep. Good night. <laughs> At least for tonight. Have a good night, guys. Night. Bye. Did, have you guys ever watched uh, the web series Very Mary Kate? No. No. You should. It's amazing. Uh, but as part of the series, uh, she has Mary Kate Olsen has oh. a uh, has a, a sleep app that she uses to yeah. uh, go to you know like different sounds. But her favorite is the rainforest sound. Which is just someone saying, or someone making the noises that just someone just saying rainforest what? over and over and over again. Because that's what she thinks a rainforest sounds like. That's is this, bizarre. Is this sponsored by the Disney Channel? No. Okay. Why? Wait. It just, it just sounds like their kind of humor. Oh, yeah. no, no. It's just, it, oh, no. It's just pretty great like that. And then later in the series, Someone is listening to their sleep app and it's her doing the recording just rainforest. It's it's pretty great. That's pretty special. <laughs> special. Uh, it's wonderful, yes. You should listen you should watch the show. It's pretty good. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I would have never thought. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's like this does not go this does not go with instinct. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway... (laughs)